Hello everyone, Matt here, and I have a special treat today for this episode of the story behind the story. Leanne, she's a copywriting and content marketing trainer for experts in the health and wellness niche. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be jam-packed with, uh, with value. Thanks, Leanne, for you know, being here today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So you're in Sydney, just surviving the floods at the moment has been we were just talking before that it's been pretty chaotic were you born at the end in sydney or or somewhere else yeah uh born in sydney i actually grew up though about 50 minutes away from where i am now so i grew up in southwestern sydney uh so if anyone's familiar with Hurstful um around that area and then i moved northwest of Sydney uh, to the Hills District with my, my husband or fiance at the time because he grew up in the area and I thought oh it seems like a nice family suburban spot to be and yeah now I've been here for 14 years so it's always been in Sydney. <laughs> wow how do you call people that live in Sydney? How do you call it in English people that live in Sydney? Is that a particular word? Oh, Sydney Siders? Sydney Siders of course yeah. Yeah. Melbourneites um, and the Sydney Siders and yeah. um, I don't know what you call everyone else, <laughs> Queenslanders. Yeah, I just um, think about my my head is thinking in Italian and people that live in Rome, uh, Romani, Rome, Rome, right, Romani, yeah. right? Venice, yeah. Venezia is Veneziani, but I, I couldn't get my yeah, head around yeah. Sydney, Sydneyani, no, Sydneyani. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Wouldn't yeah. work. Wouldn't work. Um, so tell me a little bit about your story, Leanne. Like when you started as a kid, what you know, you know, really your journey, what you studied, and you know, how did you eventually got into wanting to become an entrepreneur? I'm very curious to to know about that. Yeah, well, I knew that writing was my thing from pretty much year one because I remember, I still remember the, the entry at school. We were learning about doing commas and punctuation marks and we had to tell a story. And I wrote this story. I ha- probably have this book in my garage still because it's you know kind of a turning point of writing about wanting a cat and, and going past a pet shop window and seeing a cat and I want that cat. And I just, punctuation, grammar all just came so naturally to me and spelling and, and I just remember I got like lots of ticks on that little article and it kind of, it, it springboarded from there. And, you know, every time we had to do creative writing in class, I'd be one of the kids writing like three A4 pages stuck to each other and <laughs> a bit of a competition with some of the other kids in my class. And they'd write five pages. And yeah. But writing I knew was my thing. And initially, you know, when you're a kid, you're like, well, you can write, write books or you write newspapers or magazines. And I did, you know, I was thinking I wanted to be a journalist after I kind of got beyond what well, I learned about journalism. And but I realized after doing a lot of work experience there, how hard it is to actually get into the industry. So my very, I started creative writing at uni and did some, uh, so I went to Macquarie Uni, which it's actually, their degrees are very varied. <laughs> so you're not just, you're only doing writing subjects and that's it. There was some there was some marketing and there was some cultural studies. There was some sociology. So I got to learn a mix of different things. Um, but basically I left uni thinking, oh yeah, I've done all this work experience, but still meant nothing because I hadn't actually worked in that area yet. So my very first job was actually in a telesales role for an online business directory. 
And in retrospect, that got me, that was great experience for getting comfortable talking on the phone and also talking to the lawyers through to the plumbers. And I became very comfortable with different business owners of different levels. And you fast forward to today and now that's who I deal with a lot of networking events and through my business. But basically from there though, I'm like, I don't want to be in sales. I, I'm meant to be writing. This is my thing, writing. Um, at the time, the extent of my writing was writing heavy notes in the CRM <laughs> or writing nice emails to these clients. But yeah, I ended up moving into an internal communications role and I started writing for like a sales intranet and did some fun stuff like sales incentives, planning and um, marketing around that. And then moved into a, um, uh, went to a not for, uh, yeah, not for profit. Um, and so there I was actually doing marketing, like marketing campaigns and things like that. Mm-hmm. And it was part of the PR and events and a lot of variety. And then I went on to a university, Macquarie University. So I'd studied there and then went to work there and learned even more about campaigns. But you know what? Whenever the writing projects came up, like the Sport and Aquatic Centers magazine, I was like, yes, I'll be editor of it. I'll help revamp it. So it all came back to the writing in the end. Um, I know a lot of copywriters that just kind of stumbled across it. They did something completely different. For me, that's just been part of my core. I knew I had to be doing writing in, you know, it just came so naturally to me and I know it doesn't for a lot of people. So it was ultimately while on maternity leave with my eldest, who's now uh, nearly eight and a half, that I started doing some newsletters for some community organizations. And I thought, oh, this is great. Like, this is how I can use my writing to help others and, you know, get their message out there. So I started a business, Right Time Marketing, thinking I was just going to do newsletters. And that was, you know, a little freelance thing. And I started doing a bit of networking. And then a website designer said to me, uh, could you write website copy? And I thought, yeah, why not? I'm sure I could. And it just kind of evolved from there. And I did a bit of freelance journalism throughout the years. So blogging and writing articles, it's basically that. And then I've learned more about social media and all that kind of stuff. So the writing, I've, I've realized just it's a real strong like, skill suit, a skill set for me, but it also helps others so much. So it is a win-win. Like I love what I do and I can help other people who struggle with the words get their message out there. And yeah, and then it's kind of then evolved further into doing the training for those who do want to DIY. So it's yeah. been a nice journey. I love the story and, and uh, uh, it's so interesting because my brother was just like you. He loved writing. He loved the reading as a kid and, and I was just the opposite. <laughs> so place in writing. I didn't like it. It was all about sport, sport, sport. Um, and by the way, if you still want a cat, we got a cat coming here to visit every day. So if you're still interested in cats... <laughs> I, re- I remember the story you were saying as a kid it was cute yeah um, I think it was based on my my family cat it was a yeah it was a white cat with a pink nose and we called a pinky and so the story was in this world I was the one choosing our cat basically yeah. at the time I so it. I yeah I used to then write sto- short stories when I was in um I think it was like year three, year four. Um, I wrote regular short stories. Yeah. I did attempt as I got older to write a longer story, but. I actually don't have the patience to do it. Um, in terms of fiction, I'm th- I do have plans to write a nonfiction, like a mindset-related book. Yeah. Uh, I think that because it's like I 
this stuff inspires me. I think a, a fiction piece would not be for me because I just, yeah, I get bored and I just I prefer to read fiction rather yeah. than write it. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same. Um, curious to know about the period of time when, you know, you, you had your, your daughter, right? And because this podcast is a story behind the story, so really sharing that part of the struggles and, you know, the tough moments. So navigate me through your moments when you started your business where you were like, geez, this is getting hard. I don't know if I can do this. Because a lot of people in the audience, they are like, oh my God, I don't know if I want to keep going. I want to give up. This is not working. And so they might resonate with you at that time when you, know, you weren't doing that, that moment. Yeah, so definitely been through some ups and downs with things and my business has been through different levels. So I've now got two kids. And so initially I, yeah, I was doing the newsletters and all that while she napped and doing it at night. And then when things kind of developed, I'm like, okay, look, I've always been big on, I definitely want to be a mum, but I don't want to just be identified as a mum. Like I need something beyond that. And like my mum was a stay-at-home mum and, you know, she did that for 10 years. I was going crazy after nine months of no, <laughs> no stimulation. Yeah. So I knew that I had to do this balancing act of the work for me, which it fills my cup and I'm also contributing to the family and everything like that, but also be a present mum. So kind of that benefit of like my mum was always around for school events. I want to have that but also want to have the business and yeah, have that sense of achievement for myself. So um, there has been times where, um, you know, like I, I was, well, I did initially start working with one main client, like three days a week. You can see it as a part-time arrangement and that was great for consistency. I had my daughter, thankfully I've got um, like my like grandparents, both sides of the family who are willing to babysit. They live close enough to babysit. So I, I didn't, I wanted to definitely have her looked after by grandparents so I could work. I didn't ever want to have her around when I'm working because I, I learned Jeff, definitely during lockdown, I cannot be swapping that hat constantly from business yeah. owner to mom. Like I become a really cranky person and I don't like who I turn into. So I want to really allow that space. So that's been a big learning thing, making sure I've got yeah time with kids or it's time for me to work their, their babysat. And so with that, going back to that, that job, it was great for, you know, consistent income, but I was starting to feel a little bit um, stifled. I'm a very creative person, an ideas person. And I like this idea of starting to do like blog training for people and start teaching people and having three days a week. And that's all I've got babysitting only for three days a week. I don't have the capacity to do much more. So I pulled back from them. It kind of just became, you know, a certain amount of hours, certain amount of tasks. So I could do a bit on my own thing. And from there, I just realized how much I loved the training. And I, I just love the aha moments and seeing people's faces light up when they learn something new from me. Um, so there's, yeah, so that's kind of been able to take off because I had to make that hard decision to not have that consistent income, to go through that gamble of, I'm going to my business full time now. I have to make this work. And, you know, going back even a year ago, um, COVID wasn't a massive impact, but there was five months between um, end of 2020 to, to beginning of 2021. Five months work pretty much dried up. 
And it was a big concern. My husband's been very supportive of my journey through the whole way, but he's like, okay, we need to start talking seriously. I know you want to avoid the issue because I'm a very positive person, but honestly, at what point do you need to go to look for work? And that kind of was the wake up call going, no, 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 I'm invested in this. I know from the people I do work with, they, you know, they value me. Uh, I get great feedback. I'm a very, uh, yeah, I don't know, very pedantic with my writings. I know it's, it's very high quality. So I'm like, I just need to find the people. And I think it was my own little mindset journey. I'd kind of close things off. Uh, I think my own energy was a little bit off and I've mm. since kind of done a little bit of that. I'm into a bit of that woo woo. Um, but I basically just needed one yes. Because all these clients were saying, no, or changing their mind. I had one yes for a consistent client. And then the yeses just seemed to flow. So it was like I'd almost expected no's and kind of created this block for myself. Mm. But once this one yes came in, suddenly I had someone calling from Google and it had been ages since someone had just Googled me and found me. And that turned into a job. And then another retainer job popped up one or two months later, then another one. And suddenly I'm like, I'm on my way. And thankfully the lockdown in Sydney of, you know, four months, 2021, didn't make an impact. Uh, it was, I didn't want the work, the business to grow too much because I had kids at home with me. So, and as I said before, I did not like the person I was when I tried to overload things, but pretty much I'm so thankful lockdown pretty much ended and around October just things just really skyrocketed and connections I made through online networking and things with some agencies just suddenly took off and business the last six months has been great. I've now got five writers um, working with me and I couldn't imagine that this same time last year would have just been, no. So imagine if last year you decided to give up in that point when your husband had that conversation you say, you know what, yeah, let's go back to a job. Imagine what a disaster. I, I really... I, I was kind of resigned to the fact that's what I may need to do. And I think I even did apply to one or two jobs, but um, there was something that came up actually. And I negotiated to be as a contractor rather than a three day a week um, employee. And because it was, um, it's not for profit sport organization that I actually grew up with. Yeah. So for me, I'm like, this is actually an organization really close to my heart. And I could say to them, I know this organization inside out from being a participant, from being a volunteer with it. If you're happy to renegotiate the terms and be a contractor, this would be amazing to kickstart things again. And look, and that actually initially started the equivalent of three days. It dropped down to a day and a half, which basically that timing was perfect because that's when I could then take other work on. And now I have a a part-time VA who does some of the work and I have other writers who can step in and, it's all just, yeah, I'm so glad I just kept on going. Um, and just, there, I remember there was one moment actually where I tried to stay positive throughout the whole thing. And see, my husband also, he was struggling at work, didn't really like his work at the time. So we were both in a dark place. And I remember one moment where he was all a bit mopey and I said, look, I'm not joining your pity party. I prefer to see the, you know, I'm a positive person. I prefer to see the silver lining. This will all work out. Mm-hmm. And his jaw just dropped. And <laughs> he pretty much didn't whinge to me again because he saw that oh, I'm not going to get dragged down. I have to just keep on going. I can't let myself get dragged down deeper into this hole. 
it's not yeah. going to work. That's amazing. And being positive is optimistic is so important because you can see the same glass half empty or half full, you know, it's the same thing. <laughs> and, and I think for me, Renata is the same, right? You, and you also, it's really important to support each other and know when the other side is struggling and know how to support the other, you know, your partner is so, it's so key. Um, what do you think were, um, Lian, some of the mistakes that you made when you started your business, they're going back, you'd be like, oh, you know, if I just didn't make that mistake, and maybe someone listening, you know, can can avoid some of these mistakes. Now, I, I think there's no such thing as mistakes or failures. I think it's all learnings. Mm. So I can't actually say there's anything I've done. They're like, oh, I wish I didn't do it. There's one actual turning point where you could say it's a failure. And that was uh, a few years ago. It was around the, I think it was 2018. And a digital marketer and I thought, let's create a conference like or a two-day training thing. You know, I can handle part of it. She can handle part of it. This is going to be great. We booked a space. You had to put down a deposit. Um, and we also put all these different webinars to kind of, you know, tease people into it. And then the early bird rates came and went and no one signed up. And we just got this vibe of if no one signed up for the early bird, then is anyone going to sign up for the real thing? And basically, we then had to say goodbye to that deposit. So I lost that. It wasn't massive, but it was still enough at the time to kind of hurt. Mm. And I, I basically, we had this conversation. I said, well, look, I've been networking up to that point, but I've been networking with women, mostly women in our local area, who are more like hobby businesses, really micro business owners who couldn't afford a two-day conference, whatever rate we're putting at it, like 900 bucks or whatever. Mm. And I realized that I needed to grow my brand so that people know who I am as well. Because I felt like I only just kind of started coming out of that, you know, three-day-a-week arrangement, only really started going full-time in my business. Who People just see this, this two-day thing going, who are these people? And that was kind of lit a fire at my butt a little bit, going, okay, I'm now going to become known in my industry, like for what I do and in my area. So she went and started up a meetup. Uh, aimed around marketing I went and started a meetup based on the empowerment element because we kind of wanted both those in the conference We've, we went to a couple of each other's meetups and they didn't always work out um, timing wise but I then just went on this journey of I'm building my brand as Leanne Shelton who am I and you fast forward to now and I have people saying things like oh I've been stalking I mean following you for a little while now or I feel like you're kind of famous I feel like I'm seeing you everywhere and so that, that was a catalyst of I had to realize I'm not there yet. Maybe in a year or time, maybe, you know, yeah, six months time, I could run a two-day thing and know I'll get people there. But back then, who was this chick? Um, so it really, I then got into, yeah, my own meetup. I joined the local business chamber. Uh, and now I'm an education partner with them. I, you know, really up my game with my content marketing I was just decided I was going to start a podcast instead of researching into that. And yeah, and it's really all paid off. So I definitely see that failure as a win. Yeah. And, and, and particularly when, uh, you know, when you're starting out, it's, it's either, yeah, you either learn or you earn or earn or you learn. <laughs> like there is no, yeah. like it's not really like a right or wrong. It's just part of the process, right? You, you got to do it. Yeah. And, 
And a lot of people struggle with this idea of putting themselves out there, that they don't like to put themselves out there. But the reality is if you are online, you have to put yourself out there because as you said before, people say, who is this guy? Who is this girl? Like, you know, who, who knows these people? So you need to build a trust. You need to build a trust. And you said something really important, which is I had to build my brand, you said. Yeah. And um, I was listening yesterday, uh, um, uh, like an interview from, uh, from someone online that I follow, that was making the distinction between branding and uh, what's the name of that type of marketing? It's kind of attraction marketing, pretty, pretty much. Where you okay. ask something, you give something back. Direct response, yeah. direct response. And yes. branding, they said, is so much more powerful because it, it has this long-term approach, but people build trust. People really get to, to know you, what you and what you stand for. And even though you don't get a, a direct response back, you don't, it's not like a, here it is, a little gift and ask back, is this concept of give, 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 ask back. So it's a completely different, different approach, right? So. Yeah, and the thing is you don't know who's watching as well. That's the thing. So direct response, usually there's a strong call to action. People press buttons. They, be, you know, become part of sales funnels and all that. With what, like I often do, it's just becoming more known and recognized and that building that no like, and trust factor. So like, yeah, I've got people who, yeah, it's person the other day who said, oh, I've been stalking you slash following you for a while. I had no idea. So I don't think I've even seen her like or comment on that many of my posts. So it just shows if you just keep showing up, you have no idea who's watching you. If you're giving them value and for me, you know, it's not all um, content marketing and copywriting tips. Like I, I do share my podcast episodes, which uh, so marketing to me, it's for aimed at health and wellness business owners to grow their business, but also maintain their own health and wellness at the same time. Yeah. So sometimes there's health kind of related tips or I'm big on mindsets as mindset related stuff, mm. or there's reflections on my own life, my learnings and from day to day life. And so people see a lot of value and they see me as someone they can connect with. And that's, that's really important because then when they meet me face to face, it's like, Oh yeah. Oh, I've been following your stuff. You're doing this and this. Oh, tell me more. And they may not necessarily do business with me then and there. They may not do business with me till I mean, it, it's personal day. I don't know how long she's been following me, but I'm finally going to do a workshop for her at the end of this month. And so you just don't know who's watching and who you're having an impact on because not everyone will tell you. Yeah, yeah no, it's so powerful. Um, I'm curious to know about, you know, before you're talking about networking, and obviously networking has been, you know, working very well for you. Is there something that you just learn along the way? Like, how do you, how, how do, you do it yourself and... You know, how do you make it effective in, in your business? Yeah. So first of all, I was very scared of networking because mm. I had this image of men in suits shoving business cards into hands. And it's actually, I mean, look, some groups maybe are a little bit like that still, but not, not where I am anyway. So what it actually is, is just connecting with the people in like behind the business and it really taught me, you know, it's all about if you go into a networking room and you're all in your own head, you're going to get nervous. You're going to worry about how you look, what people think of you. But if you go in with a curious mindset and go, I actually just want to meet other people and hear their stories, then it flips things. And mm -hmm. so 
even challenge people don't ask that question so what do you do say things like so what inspires you or what's your story or mm. what have you been up to lately and if you can even bond over a, a shared hobby of reading or something mm. you're more likely to connect and then oh yeah by the way oh, oh you do that too oh cool well, i'll let you know if i need help with accounting you know but you've connected on a deeper level not just on what you do because yeah I am yes a copywriter I am a trainer but I go deeper than that I'm also a mum I'm also yeah a reader I love my yoga I love you know running and you know listening to podcasts and all that kind of stuff so that's what I've really learned just hearing people's stories at uh, I mean you've found that Matteo you know uh, hearing people's stories really get to know who they are and then the business stuff comes later. So like the connections first, client second, when you go to one of those things. Um, really going there with the approach and not wanting to sell, but, you know, wanted to connect. And every single time I speak to someone and there is some Italian heritage or there is some cycling or some traveling or some sport, instant connection. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's a whole different 100%. conversation. 100%. And I actually, one of my early meetups that I'd organized, there was someone who actually left and said to me later on, oh, I don't think I'll come again. I didn't take any business away from it. And I was just a bit stunned going, is that what you expected? You, you can't go into a networking event going, all right, I've got a sales target. I'm going to get at least five people's email addresses who all are keen mm. to sign up to my services or products. Yeah. You can't go in like that. You've got to go in going, yeah, curious. I wonder who I'm going to meet because they may, I mean, one of the networking groups I do, it's all about referrals and connecting each other with a, a non-strict KPI um, way. So we're a bit more relaxed than some of them, but it's all about who do I know that could help you or who do I know that you could work with? So I often ask for website designers, for example, because we have the same clients, their website is not going to shine without great copy. Um, or I might ask for SEO agencies because they know how to put the keywords in, but not make it sound like a human. <laughs> yeah. So they're really great connections. So I meet someone, hey, do you know someone who, who I could you know, form a collaboration with? So you just don't know who the people in the room know outside of the room. Mm. And so if you go in thinking like that, it's not even about who's there. Because, and usually the um, networking world can be a little bit incestuous. <laughs> you see the same people pop up at different groups. Yeah. So they, they probably are doing the rounds to different groups, meeting different people. And yeah, and then make the most of that. Yeah. So don't go in expecting to get a sale. Uh, you will get your return on investment if you have invested in it. But you have to give it at least a good six months of consistently showing up to the events wow. to then start wow. seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think... The key is you had to enjoy doing that because if you don't enjoy going, enjoy going there networking, well, chances are you know, you're not going to last for those six months. Uh, and with the wrong mindset of just wanting to take rather than to share and to give and to be present, that's the wrong mindset. Okay. Um, what are some of the mistakes that you see over and over and over again people make when it comes to copywriting? And a little, little funny story, when I came across the, the word copywriting at the beginning. I thought there was, you know, sometimes on the bottom of the pages that you read copyright, that's what was called yeah. copyright. I had no idea, uh, you know, when, when I started also English is a bit of a 
you know, barrier still. No, that happens. That has happened. I've definitely said, oh, I'm a copywriter and someone's flung their card at me. And then after they ask them some questions, realize, no, I'm not like a lawyer who does copyright law. Um, yeah. So some of the mistakes, because yeah, so to confirm copywriting, it, it's quite varied. It often is, it can be anything writing little tiny blurbs for products in a magazine, which is an, actually a job I went for once and not realizing I'd be writing 10 words under, <laughs> under a product. I'm like, I can't do this full time. Uh, but they call that copywriting. Uh, but it's kind of evolved. So, yeah, the writing the articles, writing website copy and everything like that. So mistakes people often make, writing it as an essay and like an academic paper does not work, uh, especially if you're writing in the online space. Because people skim read anything online. So you need to make it really simple. I mean, they say like the age of like a seven-year-old, really, like basic. Uh, so don't use jargon unless you're defining it. All conversational as well. That works a lot better. And don't be afraid to have one sentence on a line, the new paragraph, or even a one word on a line, the new paragraph. It has so much more impact than a really cramped paragraph mm. or two. So short sentences also work really well because once again, someone's skim reading, it's a long sentence, you kind mm. of forget where you started. So if you're putting in your fifth comma, it's probably too long. Um, so that's some of the, and, and headings as well, making sure you put headings to break up the copy. Lots of white space, more white space, the better. It's easier on the eye. And people are more likely to be engaged with it. Keep it simple, pretty much. Just keep it simple. Don't, yeah. don't try to make don't it. Don't overcomplicate it. Read it out loud. And if you're fumbling over the words, you probably need to change the words. Yeah, interesting. And when it comes to email or autoresponder and creating an email follow-up series, uh, funny enough, when we started four years ago, me and Renata, we went into affiliate marketing and we were using a software at the time called AWeber. And we had an email autoresponder series with 120 emails. It was insane. It was just something like crazy. Um, what do you see even there, like some tips and ideas that people um, could take in order to make it more effective? Um, or some mistakes that also you see over and over again, people committing when it comes to email marketing and you know, sending out emails? Well, I think like, I've only done a little bit of like autoresponding email sequences yeah. myself, but I know from definitely on the receiving end, I don't often read a lot of them if they're way too wordy. Yeah. So once again, keep them very simple, simple. and don't make them too frequent because I get so many emails. I'm starting to unsubscribe from so many unless I'm really interested in it. Um, and also just making sure that you're not coming across as being hardcore salesy. You mm. have to give people a bit of something in it. Uh, and I mean, look, for example, there was something I went to the other day, went to the cart. Oh yeah. I'm not sure if I want to pay for that. You know, a little bit pricey. I'll think about it. And then I got an email popped in my inbox saying, Hey, you, you left your, you know, may have forgotten to pay for it or follow through. I thought, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I'll look at later. And then half an, Oh, it would have been two hours later. Another email popped up going, hey, you know what? I'll give you a 50% discount off your first, it was like a subscription thing, yeah. off your first month. I'm like, yeah, okay, now I'll do it. And it could just be 
you've got to kind of work out what the what's stopping people. Yeah. But if you think it could be the money and you offer something like that, that's what pushed me to the line to go, all right, I want to give this a go. That's really nice that they've done that extra thing. Um, or maybe what's stopping them is actually they've got some other objection. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it could be, I don't know if it's actually for me. So mm-hmm. your follow-up emails could actually say, not sure, you know, you're not feeling sure. Well, this is a great for, or here's some testimonials of people who've, who've appreciated or, or done well with it. Just that might then tick off that and see what happens. Yeah. But a little bit of, you know, testing to see the split testing to see what um what's stopping people but like in emails just in general i don't think people send enough and to the enough people you know you've got i try to send a monthly newsletter which maybe ends up being six weeks (laughs) but i send it to all my past and current clients and anyone who i've like formed a strong connection with from networking and i have a very low unsubscribe rate so that's really good. And I think it's because I start with something conversational about me, what's happening in my world. And then here's how I, I can help you. I've got this kind of training coming up or you can see me on this or here's the latest podcast episodes. There's a lot of value in that email. And then down the bottom, want to work with me, book in a, you know, a sales call, a power hour or whatever. Yeah. But there's a lot of stuff they can take out of it just, and, you know, I, I write how I talk, so I make it fun and um, make jokes and make fun of myself. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't have a big unsubscribe rate, so I must be doing something right there. Yeah, awesome, awesome. I love it. Yeah, and also like analyzing the amount of people that click and looking a little bit at that and the stats that uh, definitely yeah, helps as well. Um, what do you think, Leanne, would be, from your perspective, one thing that every single entrepreneur should be doing in their business or not just in their business, like in general on a daily basis? What is one thing that from your perspective really is a must, you know, for entrepreneurs to do daily? Oh, daily. Um, well, daily, I think it's a bit hard to say. because Well, I know personally, I don't do anything every single day. Like every day mm. is different for me. But I think the networking thing has played a massive part of with my business. Like I have mm. my meetup now, I'm part of the business chamber and, and this other networking, BX networking. So I just, I keep showing up, meeting new people. Look, I am an extrovert and not everyone likes, you know, to be around people all the time. But me personally, I have all my meetings lined up in the afternoon so I can get my work done in the morning. Cause that's just, I'm a morning person, head down, work hard. And then the conversations with people in the afternoon keeps me going through the afternoon. That fuels oh, me. Yeah, um, but yeah. some people might be the opposite. They might need to wake up with some communication in the morning. So definitely if you are on your own, make sure you've got at least one or two meetings in your day to just talk to other people. <laughs> that probably is something I do do daily. I'm or I have at least one meeting every single day um, or yeah, my, or my podcast or something. And that's just to keep connected with someone. And something I've started doing actually is when I've met a referral partner who I think we've got a really great connection with, I book in a 15-minute chat once a month recurring that we then touch base. And 15 minutes isn't very much, but it's just a check-in. We remain top of mind for each other. So then when opportunities come up, like, oh, yeah, I just chatted with Leanne last week. 
Mm-hmm. Or I know, oh, actually, I saw my calendar. I'm chilling with her next next week. Yeah. And it's actually really, that's been great. And then I've just, uh, I was actually concerned at one point, oh, there's great connections and so many meetings. As time's gone on and some people just keep rescheduling or not turning up, I just send an email going, look, let's just touch base when a project arises yeah. and just cut that out. And so I've only got this core group of people who I, I get uplifted whenever I chat with them for those 15 minutes. And we know that it will yeah, benefit both of us in the long run yeah no I, I completely agree with you when the days that i'm in the zone and i'm very productive is good but connecting with people has something that keeps you in a good state and it is kind of an energy flow there is a i, I don't know even know how to, ex- to explain it but every single time i talk to renata and i say you know what today was a really good day is because i was connecting with someone who was doing as you said a podcast and allows you to ex- you also get new ideas, get so, so some fresh, you know, fresh, uh, fresh ideas in your mind. So it's very powerful. Um, I got my if last. You, if you yes, don't so. have, I was gonna say, if you don't have meetings, then maybe go work for a bit in the cafe or something where there's people mm. around you. If you otherwise work from home, because even just that feel like being the presence of other people. Obviously, that was hard during lockdown times and stuff, and. I did so many Zoom chats just to kind of keep me going. Yeah. But that might just be enough to then just say, hi, you know, thanks for the coffee. Yeah, uh, yeah thank you for clearing my plate. Just, just something so yeah. you're not just in your own little bubble because, yeah. yeah, need to, yeah. Well, that's me anyway. No, <laughs> I know. Other people mean, could easily go at people. but And maybe, maybe it is, uh, you know, uh, something specific for people that are extrovert, but um I think is is definitely is definitely helpful. Got my last five questions, Leanne. The first one is if you given that you love to write, if you will if you could write a sentence on a giant billboard that the entire world can read, what would you write? The first thing that popped in my head was everything happens for a reason. Mm. and that I was just having that conversation with my eight-year-old before uh, because she hurt her hand at school I had to pick her up and I'm like you don't know what it is right now but everything happens for a reason and same like there's always the perfect timing of things you know my business right time marketing the right time um, playing on both the word right is in writing with a pen and now's the right time it's you know, you may have aspirations and all these things, but ultimately you don't always have control and you just have to accept, mm. just go with the flow that things are probably not meant to be what you want in that moment. Mm. If you're not happy, just go with the flow. And sure enough, things just seem to naturally work out for me. I think just because I do just, I stay positive. I just accept and sur- I'm trying to surrender a lot more when I do have those moments of <laughs> need control um it all everything seems to work out from the little things to oh i i got frustrated because i missed this uh like one little tiny thing for example i need to get some things from the supermarket and i was thinking oh should i take my five-year-old or not you know what yeah i'll take her i'll I just won't stress about it i'll just go with the flow yeah. and we're going down one of the aisles and someone randomly comes up and said hey hey I've got this family free family pass to see Sing Two at the movies, and I saw you with your little one. Would you like it? And after me questioning whether it was real, uh, <laughs> I was like, sure. And if I hadn't have taken my daughter, if I had have 
because I didn't feel this oh feeling of dread taking. I kind of thought, yeah. no, I feel happy about going with her. If I hadn't have been with her, that voucher wouldn't have been in my hands. And the cool thing was we literally the day before decided to see that movie the next day. And so I'm like, we were just going to see this tomorrow. Like you've just given me a free family pass for something yeah. we'd already planned to go see. Um, so amazing things like that. You're just like, it happened for a reason. I yeah. took her for a reason. If I hadn't taken her, someone else would have gotten that. Not a big deal. Having, you know, we'd already committed to buying the tickets, but you just, I love the, these magical moments in the world. It's very cool. I love it. I love it. The second one is if you could spend five minutes with Leanne at 16 years old, what advice would you give? <laughs> if I was to speak to my 16-year-old self? Yes. Um, well, I had pretty low self-esteem then, which you may not realize from who I am now. Um, but just say, you know, just keep on going. I think it was around 16 I realized I'm sort of smart if I put my, my mind to this, if I actually try to study. And so I'd probably say to her, just yeah, keep on going. You, you've got an amazing life ahead of you. You're going to have a, you know, I think also I struggled with finding a boyfriend at the time and someone mm. who liked me back. So don't worry, mm. you're going to find an amazing husband mm. and, you, have, you know, great kids and you have a business that you love. So I just say, don't worry, it's all going to work out. I love it. I love it. What is success to you? Well, I like this one. So for me, it is having a balance in all the aspects of my life. So I don't define success as going, oh, yeah, I've got a million-dollar business if that means I'm divorced and my kids don't talk to me. Mm. So I see it as if I have a six-figure business that's tracking well and I've got a really happy marriage and my kids love me and I've got friends and my immediate family talk to me, that success I want to have it's it's not all about look I didn't grow up with a heap of money so I do strive to have a bit more but I ultimately don't want to put that ahead of everything else because I've very mm. strong family values and I the self-care as well so I also don't want to be burnt out to the ground yeah. um, I need to also have those moments for me I love it I love it I'm very similar um what is the best advice that you ever received from someone? This is the hardest yeah. one, I know. <laughs> yeah. um, I, it probably was um, that, yeah, about 14 years ago when I was complaining to a friend about, oh, I hate this job. I'm in a telesales job. I was meant to be writing. I'm, you know, I, this is not where I'm meant to be. And she suggested I, or she talk, told me about the law of attraction and told me about reading this book, The Secret. And I don't know why, you know, these days, actually, law of attraction has become a bit more of a, a common thing. A lot of people talk about it. But back then I was like, oh, okay, what is this? And I learned about, I don't have to be the victim in my world. And that's pretty much how I always saw things. Like if things were going too well for too long, I was due for something to go wrong. And when I read this book and thought, hang on, if I flip that switch and always look for, if I can be the driver in my life rather than the passenger and choose to like, you know, I played around the manifestation, got some cool stories around that. And, um, you know, I said, all right, I'm going to, uh, I was almost married. We got married. All right. Five years, we'll have our first kid. It was like 
four years and 51 weeks we are <laughs> eldest and you know it just really flipped my mindset so I chose to be positive first rather than let negative stuff weigh me down so mm-hmm. that's and I now it's become a natural thing like if something negative comes to my mind I try to flip it straight away and that period of five months that was a real struggle where work wasn't doing well because I was trying to keep positive keep positive but when I kept hearing no, no, no's and it wasn't working, I'm like, this, this is really disrupting how I've been, I've trained myself to think now. So um, that's, I think, why when things go well, it was a lot easier for me to expect things to go well. Mm. So that was probably the moment where she's just like, yeah, my friend said to me, you know, you don't have to be this victim and it's just changed everything. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Before my last question, Leanne, where can people find you online if they want to work with you or they want to also do the version of do your own that you have? How can they get in touch with you? Yeah, so you can find me on yeah, LinkedIn, Leanne Shelton, uh, also Instagram, Leanne Shelton247. Uh, my website is right, it's in W-R-I-T-E, time, T-I-M-E, marketing.com.au. And you can also listen to my podcast. So it's Marketing and Me. It's on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, a whole bunch of things. And you can hear from me and my guests about business, marketing, development stuff. It's not just for health and wellness business owners, by the way. A lot of it's relevant to anyone. Uh, and there's a lot of the health stuff there too. So come tune in. I love it. I love it. My last question is, what is the impact that you want to make on others? So, yes, my why is to move people away from negativity to positivity and move them away from mediocrity to living their best life. Mm. And I actually only realized this, yeah, this is my why the other weekend because everything I do, whether it's conversation, a social event, I'm trying to uplift people, whether it's writing for them and helping them get their message right or it's training them and giving them the confidence to do it themselves. Ultimately, this is the message. I want... I get so frustrated when I see people full of potential and just going, eh, no, just kind of float along and then complain about how things are when I'm living proof, when you put your mind to it, you can achieve amazing things. I love it. I love it. Super powerful. Leanne, thank you so much for being here, sharing and dropping so many bombs. It's been fantastic. It's been great fun. And uh, hopefully we can do this very soon again. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Thank you.